0: Amen. Thank you, team. Good morning, church. This time we're going to dismiss our preteens and teens out to their classroom. If you'll just head out to my left, out of the sanctuary. So this morning, we're continuing our series, Behold the Lamb, talking about the Lamb of God. Last week, uh, we talked about the Messianic prophecies The fact that the lamb was foretold. Today we'll be talking about the lamb is born. Uh, Next week we'll be talking about the lamb of God, the ministry of Jesus. And then on December 24th, Christmas Eve, we will be talking about the lamb returns. The return of the lamb one day as written down in the book of Revelation. But we're talking about the lamb is born. If you remember, we're going through also, we're tying it to the four themes of Advent And last week was hope, and this week is peace. And Jesus is known as the Prince of Peace, so that's what we're going to talk about when we're talking about the birth of Jesus, that he was actually born to bring peace on earth. If you remember the angel said, good tidings, peace on earth. So we're going to look at some things and unpack some things about Jesus' birth. We led right up to it last week. We're going to look into it this week. So... He wasn't only born, but he fulfilled that ancient prophecy. Remember being born of a virgin and being born in the specific town of Bethlehem. We need to know, number one, that the Messiah will end up in Egypt. There was an Egyptian flight. Actually, Joseph and Mary had to get out of town fast. The prophecy says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I call my son, Hosea 11.1. 1. And as we know, this was fulfilled in Matthew 2, 14 and 15. So he, Joseph, got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt where he stayed until the death of Herod. Herod had put out the edict to kill all of the males to and under because he had heard there was a king that was to be born and he didn't want a threat to the throne. So he decided to kill all the two and under. If that sounds familiar to you, Bible students, remember what Pharaoh did. And Moses escaped in his early days. So did Jesus. And so was fulfilled what the Lord has said through the prophet out of Egypt. They quote the Hosea verse I have called my son. Number two, a really important thing is Christ's ministry. The fact that Christ was born, his ministry will destroy. The devil's work. The prophecy says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. Many scholars says this is referring to Jesus' final act on the cross, where the enemy actually got a blow in, if you will, on Jesus and got him on the cross. He crushed his heel, but as believers, we know what happened three days later. Out of the grave, the king arose to reign forever. That's Genesis 3.15. Yes, amen to that. The fulfillment is found in 1 John 3 and 8. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. We know that, right, from the story of Genesis? He's the one that brought sin into the world. The reason the Son of God appeared, actually our point was what? To destroy the devil's work. See, God had a plan also from the beginning. From the beginning in the person of Jesus, God knew that he would have to one day take out sin from a fallen world, and he looked down through history. I've heard it portrayed this. He looked down through history, and there was no human man able to bear that burden. There was no man or woman able to live a sinless life. So Jesus came in the person of us, wearing flesh, lived a completely sinless life, paid the cost on the cross for you and me, and once in all took sin Out So that everyone who believes on his name, everyone who confesses his name and follows him can have life everlasting and more importantly can have the ability to destroy sin in their lives. As a pastor sometimes I hear, well I just can't get sin out of my life. Well, as long as we wear this flesh, we're going to have our stumbles. There's none of us. You know, that was a big wake-up call for me because I don't know if you did when you got saved. You may have thought like, well, now everything's good. I don't know about you, but when I got saved, the battle just started. The devil was after me more than ever because I belonged to him. And I fall and I struggle daily, but I have the grace of God. I have the blood of Christ covering me. I repent When I feel myself struggling and I know that I have that avenue to Jesus and I know that Jesus is life, not anything I can do and all the good I try to do, but everything that Jesus did here on earth, living a sinless life, sanctifies me and gives me hope that God Almighty has destroyed the devil's work in my life. Number three, the Messiah would be a stone that causes people to stumble Boy, that's the truth today, isn't it? Uh, have you ever noticed, I, I, I've made examples before, have you ever noticed when celebrities now sometimes, when they do talk about Jesus, how the news media quickly shifts them off the subject? They don't want to hear the name of Jesus. They want to hear about what God's done in your life. Mention, you want to end the interview? Talk about Jesus. And you may have that in your personal evangelism, trying to tell somebody about Jesus. You go down the Jesus Avenue, and they're like, well, did you see that game last night? Right? He's a stone that people stumble over, and he's been that way from the beginning. The prophecy found in Isaiah 8, 14. He will be a holy place for both Israel and Judah, and he will be a stone that causes people to stumble, a rock that makes them fall. What did, what did Jesus say? To Peter, when he said, who am I? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And what did Jesus say? Upon this what? Rock. I'll build my church. A lot of people think he's talking about Peter, because Peter's name actually means stone. But he's saying the rock is that statement. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. That's the foundation statement of faith. That's the rock that causes people to stumble. Do you believe that Jesus is the son of the living God? And you either believe it or you don't. It's like my analogy. There's not kind of, you ladies have never been kind of pregnant. You're either pregnant or not. I use that analogy a lot, but you're not kind of a Christian. Either you believe Jesus is who he says he is or you don't. It's black and white. But he's that stone. The fulfillment is found in 1 Peter 2, 7 and 8. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to you who do not believe, watch this. He goes back to the prophecy. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble, a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because, I love that, here's why. They stumble because they disobey the message which is also what they were destined for. They don't have ears to hear. Some people, you know, when Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them out. He gave them strict instructions what to take. He told them the message to. That- to, to tell people but he also said if those people don't receive you shake the dust off your feet and go on to a house that will some of you have been praying for people maybe even in your own family a long time and i'm not saying quit praying but i'm saying if you have all-out resistance maybe you need to move on to someone else someone who receive receives the word jesus told the story of the four souls the parable the sower And he said, there's only one soul. One in four souls would hear. And I always preach that. That's a 25% success ratio. It's a 75% against you that you're sowing seeds. But our job, hear me, church, our job is to sow seeds. To tell people about our Christ. To tell people about the Lamb of God who was born, who fulfilled prophecy, who had a ministry and who will come again. That's our message that's what we should be doing listen at this passage from Isaiah Isaiah 9 6 and 7 we know it we read it along uh, many times during the season for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. That's who Jesus is. He is that Prince of Peace. So let's talk about peace. Let's talk about the peace of Christ. Here's some spiritual applications, some tools, and some reminders for us. Number one, the peace of God came in the person of Jesus Christ. That's how God sent peace into the world. Isaiah 53.5 says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. That's sin. The punishment that brought us what, church? Peace. Aren't you glad you didn't have to take that walk to the cross? If you've seen the passion of the Christ, aren't you glad you didn't take the beating that Jesus took? I am. I wouldn't have withstood it. I'll just tell you, I'm a big guy. I couldn't take that. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. Somebody say amen then this. And by his wounds or by his stripes, we are healed. Man, that's a great promise to claim. The next time life is really beating you up, just speak that word. Jesus, I'm really getting whipped, but not the extent of you. By your stripes, I'm healed. You took the punishment on yourself that I truly deserved. The other thing the peace does of Christ, it brings us, as we said, healing. Acts 10, 36 You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. See, God's been promising, God's been foretelling that he would send peace into the world. Number three, the peace of Christ is good news for everyone. Colossians 1, 19 and 20, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, him being Jesus, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, he made peace with the fact we were at odds with God. Because as the scripture says, by one man sin entered the world. And then by one man Jesus sin exited the world. Because he lived a sinless life. The peace of Christ reconciles all things. Back to God. For those who believe, for those of us who believe, the one and only Prince of Peace leaves his peace to us. John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace. I want you to notice that. I should have highlighted it. Peace I leave with you. My peace. That's the peace of Christ. Christ. You know why? And notice how he separates it. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. You know what that says to me? And I'm preaching to me too when I say this. Many of us have a false perception of peace. We think we know what peace is. We want peace in our lives. But if we come to Jesus, Jesus says, I'll give you a peace that the world doesn't understand. I'll give you a peace that you can be content in all things. I'll give you a peace that tells you to love your enemies. I'll give you a peace that transcends everything you've ever known. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. So the question is this morning, do you have the peace of God? Do you have the peace of Christ are you beholding the lamb and seeking his peace I'm just gonna be real honest I want more peace in my life personally I want peace in my family I want peace in this church there's times there's not peace in this church I know that's hard to believe There's time there's not peace in every church. But as born-again believers of God, there should be. There should be. I want peace in Hot Springs. I want peace for the state of Arkansas. I want peace in our country right now who's probably at more of a powder keg than ever before since the late 60s. And I don't want this false peace. There's a lot of false peace prophets out there. Have you seen them? Saying, do this. You know, call the psychic friends hotline. Do meditation. Do this. You you can buy any brand of peace that they're selling. But there's only one true peace. And that's the person of Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that, you don't have real peace. I'll just be honest about it. But can I tell you, that's what the world's looking for. They're looking for real peace. I want the kind of peace that I can write how happy I am and how joyous I am sitting in the middle of a prison like Paul did. I want the peace when things are going crazy and haywire and we're in a season where things get really, really hectic. Amen? Where I can stand in the middle and say, it's all right. Max Lucado in one of his books in the the storm says, You know, sometimes God comes the storm, but sometimes He comes the person in the storm. Disciples were out on the lake one time. They'd seen Jesus raise the dead, do all kinds of crazy, great, miraculous things, and a storm came up, and what was their cry? Jesus was asleep. Jesus taking a nap. Let, let me just sidebar it. That means naps are okay and they're holy. Anybody ever criticize you for a nap? Say, Jesus took one. He took one in the middle of a storm on lake. Now, that's peace. Amen? If you've ever been on the lake when a storm comes up, you know what I'm talking about. And the disciples, their faith was such that they'd seen him do these amazing things. And the scripture says, wake up, we're about to die. You ever felt like that in your hectic life? What does Jesus do? Stands up and says three words. Peace be still. I think that was as much for the disciples as it was the storm. Because he calmed them too. If you feel this morning your life's out of control. If you don't have the peace that passes all human understanding. if if, If you've had a false substitute of peace within your fa- and, and some of you are fixing to head to it's just like Thanksgiving some of you are dreading heading into the holidays where families gather because you know it's going to try your peace and your patience. can I encourage you take the peace of Christ with you Amen. I, I, I'm telling you there's nothing there's nothing uh, there's nothing If you're you're a follower of Jesus, there should be nothing anyone could say or do to you that you can't stand through in peace. A lot of times you just ignore it and walk away. But we live in this society that now, over social media, they love to argue and engage. I'm going to pursue peace. I need more peace in my life. Because I'm tired. I'll just share that too, guys. Uh, Looking at this world... Uh, Here lately, I've prayed come Lord Jesus probably more than I've ever prayed it because uh, we live in perilous times, treacherous times. I think a few weeks ago quoted the verse, the days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity for the days are evil. We're living in evil days and I need all the peace of Jesus Christ I can give. And since God sent him to bring peace, I think it's my great privilege and opportunity to let his peace be on me. Because you know what else I've noticed? If you walk into a place with the peace of Christ, you can defuse the situation. People see it. It's almost like, I don't know if you follow, you know, I'm a sports guy, you follow... Dion Sanders making the move to Colorado, and he's got a lot of criticism on it. Dion's De- always going to talk about Dion. We know that, right? But I saw him in the interview, and he comes up with some great lines. And he said, "I walk in a room, and people say, "What's that smell?" And I say, "I'm not wearing any cologne. That's confidence." <laughs> Can I tell you, as a child of God, you ought to walk in a room, you don't need any cologne." That ought to be the peace of Christ. When you step into anywhere, if there's any darkness, you ought to drive it out. If there's any demons around, they ought to say, "Well, oop, wait, wait a minute, woman of God just stepped in the room, man of God just got on the scene." That's what we ought to carry with us as we're out being witnesses to a lost, dying world. So this morning, do you know the peace of Jesus Christ? Have you received it? Have you embraced it? Are you living it out in your heart of hearts? If not, we'd love to pray for you. Maybe you need to make that confession, that rock confession. Jesus, you are the son of the living God, the Messiah, the Christ. And claim that confession and be baptized in in him and then start a new walk of life. We can assist you in that too. I'm going to pray for peace for each one of us. I'm going to pray for peace for Creekside. I'm going to pray for peace for our world today. I want you to do this. If you're at unrest with somebody this morning, I want you to pray for peace. But I want you to be the peace dealer. <laughs> we got all kinds of dealers. We ought, to be de- we ought to be dealing in hope. We ought to be hope dealers. We ought to be love dealers. We ought to be Peace dealers. We ought to be grace dealers. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for the fulfillment of your word. Everything you've ever told, everything you've ever foretold or prophesied, you bring to fruition. You bring to come to reality. And God, you said you would rectify and one day reconcile the situation of sin in mankind. And you sent your own son. Only son, Jesus, and you sent him with peace on his shoulders to be the prince of peace, to bring peace. Peace, as he said before he left, I'm going to give you something the world can never give you. The world can make you think you're fat and happy and restful, but when you come to know me, you have the peace of Christ that passes all understanding. People will be confounded at your abilities to stay calm in the middle of these situations. That's the peace we want. I pray for peace for everyone under the sound of my voice, for all of our online community. I pray for peace among this body of believers called Creekside Community Church. I pray for peace to rain out through all the churches in Hot Springs. I pray for peace to be infectious and spread across the land that people drop their argumentative sides, Father, and they drop the hatred and they drop being stirred up by false means. And I pray peace would reign. Because we do have the promise that one day. Father, if we don't make it in however many days humankind has left. If we don't get to a place of great peace here on earth. We know one day the sky will split and the king will descend. And he will issue in a kingdom of peace. A time of peace that will reign forever. What a glorious thought. But God, help us to take peace to our neighbors. Help us to take peace to our family members. Help us take peace into the workplace and diffuse situations by by being peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. That's what you said, Jesus. Let us be a people of peace as we walk in your will. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.